Hey y'all, what's up? It's Nicole. And I'm Devon. And we are the hosts of the Relationally Awkward Podcast. Of course, we are always excited to be back with you guys. So we're definitely excited and a little sad this time around because this is our final episode of our second season. Like, it's it's definitely been an amazing journey thus far. Like, man, but before we get into the Devon, how is your week going? So it's been a really good week, um, you know, especially with me now putting my business out there and promoting myself on Instagram and just seeing the reaction of different people, um, getting different messages of people who are interested in my services and, you know, what I do as far as like branding. So I'm excited about that. Um, other than it being sort of a long week and me being back in school, it's, it's really been good. How about you? That's cool there. Um, things definitely been great for me. Um, definitely a new journey, new experiences. Um, definitely launching some uh, projects right now and um, new music and all those different things. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely some amazing things happening. Um, and yeah, things have been pretty good. I think for me, I've been mostly focused on trying to balance work life, rest, sleep. And of course, you know, my life outside of work as well, because I do so many different things. And, you know, I enjoy, you know, friends and family as well outside of that. And so just trying to find, um, I know there's no such thing as balance, as I always say, but um, just trying to find, you know, um, what works and, you know, what I can do better. So, yeah. Um, But I. I think for me, like, I'm definitely feeling some kind of way because it feels like we've been doing this podcast for so long and we haven't even reached a year yet, which is crazy. And so, um, yeah, it's it's definitely been an amazing journey um, thus far, but I'm definitely excited to, um, you know, continue to do the work that we've been doing and doing a lot more and continue to advocate and, you know, just really um, speak from our own perspectives but also grow in those areas as well um, and even grow concerning the work that we do. So, yeah, definitely feeling some kind of way that this is the last episode, but it's going to be good. I'm excited. So, it's it's crazy because even though we've been in the uh, middle of the pandemic the past year, we've seen so many different things happen from, um, you know, even though we've seen many of us um, in the Black community be killed, be um, assaulted, be all these different things and experience these different things. I don't think I've really seen as many protests, as many shootings, as many attacks. And, um, you know, so many things happen back to back, back to back, back to back. Um, or at least they're getting so much attention um, back to back, back to back. And so I think being in the pandemic and, you know, being able to see that. Um, and even seeing people who, of course, are already feeling one way because of the pandemic and, you know, other things that they're dealing like, dealing with in their own personal lives um, respond in the way that they have um, this past year. It's definitely um, just been like a, a huge experience for all of us. Um, and now for things to begin to change, some things are opening up, some things are changing, um, some things um, still are not open yet. Of course, we still have um, masks enforced um, in certain areas and states, even though some of them are beginning to lighten up concerning that, which I don't really understand, but that's what it is for now. Um, we are still continuing to see that. Um, within the last week or so alone, um, well, really two weeks now, we've seen three people that at least have gotten so much attention be shot back to back, which is absolutely crazy to me. Like, absolutely crazy. Um, we've seen so much of that happen. Like, we've seen um, so much Asian hate happening as well. Um, now, of course, it was happening while Trump was still, I'm sorry, 45 was still in office. Um, but we're definitely starting to see that more as well, where an Asian woman got attacked. Like, we've seen so much stuff back to back. I think um, that's been one of the most just, I won't say one of the hardest things to process and digest, um, but it's been also been hard 
seen that happen. And again, many of us have still been in quarantine, have still been trying to come to grips with what's been happening in within this pandemic. So yeah, so I, I think it it goes back to you know when uh, COVID first you know sort of came about and we first knew about it, and obviously we knew that it came from um, Wuhan, China. But the issue wasn't necessarily where it came from. The issue was when 45 basically announced that it was the, the China or the Chinese virus. And I think that that's where people really began to sort of look at the Asian community in a different light. I remember during that time when COVID first emerged um, and people were being infected, a lot of you know, Chinese, you know, or just Asian businesses in general were being affected because a lot of people didn't want to eat at, you know, these types of restaurants because they felt like they were going to get the COVID virus. Um, and so I think that a lot of that stemmed from him. But like when you look at these videos now, because it's, it's been a year since COVID, you know, first hit the United States or whatever. So it's like, it, it's it's been a while for us to sort of like adjust, you know, and adapt to, you know, everything that has sort of happened um but i was so shocked to see a lot of these videos where elderly and not, not just elderly but just you know those are part of the asian community just in general being brutalized and being attacked by other people because of everything that's going on like in my head i'm like okay us as black people we've gone through a lot throughout the years and you would think that you know us because i mean let's just be honest you know there is sort of a you know black versus asian thing that is going on you know if we're being real you know it is mm -hmm. um but you would think that us as black people you know going through what we're going through we would actually sort of become allies for them and not necessarily you know lash out or attack um, but a lot of the times when you see a lot of these videos, it is, you know, a lot of us from the black community who are attacking those from the Asian community. And it's like, we, you know, again, looking at what we've gone through, it's like you would think in your head, okay, I'm not going to allow or I'm not going to, I, I shouldn't be okay with somebody else going through this sort of same, you know, victimization. I shouldn't be okay with that. So it's it's something is wrong with this picture. So for me, when I see these videos on like YouTube or Instagram or wherever else they're being posted, Facebook, it's very disturbing because it's like, okay, where does it end? Yeah, I can definitely agree with that as well. Um, I think, especially like for me, um, you know, and some people agree, some people may kind of look the other way, but I think for me, like, anytime. I look at what those um, will call minorities. Um, so all black, brown, Hispanic, Asian, really all um, people who are not white, you know, included in that category. Um, for me, when I think about fighting for um, black rights for black and brown people of color, in my mind, I'm including the Hispanic community yeah. and I'm including the Asian community as well into that because, you know, they all, uh, again, fit within um, our community um, from just, again, just from my own personal thought, um, even though I don't consider myself a minority. But um, again, just coming from that thought in that background, um, it's really hard too because even though this was a Trump supporter who did this to her, um, um, to this particular individual, and of course we've seen additional um, Asian violence done as well um, since you know 45 has been in office, um, especially since COVID. Um, in my mind, I'm like, okay, not only are you a Trump supporter, but you're also a person of color who's now attacking an Asian person as well. Like, bringing all those factors in, it's like, so none of this even crossed your mind that we should be really supporting each other, especially during this time, like, make it make sense. And so when I think about that, when I think about other things we've seen and we've heard, even the reporter um, who was spoken badly to, 
um, from 45 um, during the interview and all those different things, just looking at different aspects of what we've seen even before the pandemic and how, um, you know, and again, people can agree or disagree. I really don't care. But um, what I will say is seeing how, um, again, I believe, I strongly believe that the Asian community has also experienced a lot of hate as well before any of this even happened. Um, you know, just just looking at that, um, of course, not to compare that what we've gone through in the black community because we have gone through some of the worst of the worst of the worst and the heaviest. You know, um, even if you bring up, um, you know, subjects of Native Americans and different other, uh, you know, races and nationalities as well, nothing really compares to the Black community and what we've been through. Nothing. I don't care what type of um, issues and different things that have happened throughout the years. Our community, of course, has been hit the hardest. I don't care if people can argue up and down all day. Look it up for yourself. Not just what you learned in school, but actually read the background of how we got here. And even before we got here, we have been through some of the worst of the worst, even within our own community, um, ourselves, you know, against one another. But again, going back to everything that we're that you just mentioned, um, again, just to think that we are still here today in the year of 2021 yeah. is ridiculous. And now even thinking about what's happened within the last two weeks where we've experienced, um, you know, Dante White being killed, who was a 20 year old um, guy who was, quote unquote, accidentally shot and killed by an officer who meant to tase him, Mm -hmm. Um, which we've seen in a video of him being shot up close um, due to the officer's camera, I believe. We've seen uh, protesters in Minnesota. Um, I believe uh, it was one incident where uh, they uh, experienced a lot of tear gas and things like that. We've also seen um, a military officer being assaulted by police. Keep in mind, he served years overseas and actually is a military officer as well. Not just an officer with the rank, but a military officer um, as well. Um, so it's it's just it, it's just a lot, and then you have a thirteen year old who was shot and killed as well. Like we've seen and experienced so many things like this that happen back to back, back to back, back to back, where either nothing's done or whoever did it just apologizes and gets away with it. Or we've seen where a guy uh, I don't remember how long ago this was, but he raped. A, a girl who lived down the street from him and he was sexually assaulted another woman down the street from him and yet he's gotten off so many times because they're trying to say that he has a mental health disability but y'all constantly let him out back into the neighborhood and community and let him do whatever he wants and we've seen that happen so many times where people with white privilege who have intentionally used their white pit, white privilege have gotten away with it time and time again, time and time again for whatever reason they try and use as an excuse. Like, it's ridiculous. And I'm sick of it. So, that's how I feel about that. Five minutes right there. Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, I think that you're right. It's a lot that's going on, and it seems like, you know, when I look from year to year, I always think in my head, okay, maybe this year is the year where things are going to get better. Maybe this is the year where we're finally going to see justice for things that have happened, you know, justice for you know, a lot of these victims whose lives have been lost um, by police brutality. Um, This is the year where we're finally going to see some sort of resolution to everything that's going on. Now, of course, we know that racism is something that has been, you know, instilled in, you know, certain people since probably the beginning of time. So it's like, it's not like racism is just going to off or go away overnight you know we know that so it's something that we're gonna have to continue to work at but at least as far as like the police brutality and the stuff that we've been seeing especially from the beginning of 2020 you would think that okay maybe things will get better but it it almost seems like things are escalating it almost seems like things are getting like 
worse. And, you know, again, like you were saying before, you know, a lot of these, you know, people who are, you know, committing a lot of these, you know, atrocities, they're getting off. They're not getting any sort of, you know, sentencing that is justified for the crime that they have committed. You know, I was just reading, I was, you know, listening to a story a while ago um, about a police officer who had shot and killed someone and he only got six months. That was it. Six months. That was it. Now, granted, if that were a black police officer or just a black person just in general, it would have been a completely different story. And in fact, there was a situation um, that happened exactly like that where it was an officer who ended up getting, I believe it was, uh, I don't think it was an officer actually, but he ended up getting 25 years. So it's like when you look at our justice system, there is something that is not right with our justice system. There's not something not right with our society in general, honestly, you know? Yeah. And it's like, again, I always have to ask myself, okay, where do we start? Like, how do we go about resolving this situation? How do we get better? How do we, you know, begin to progress and advance and, and, and sort of like get away from everything that has been happening? But the truth of the matter is, is like, it's almost getting to a point where it's like, we almost have to like adapt. We almost have to like how animals survive well, right. <laughs> but, you know, like how animals, you know, evolve over time. It's, it's because they learn to adapt and they learn Mm-mm. to evolve and Mm-mm. all that other stuff. It's like, and, and I'm not saying that that's what Mm-mm. we should be doing, but I'm Mm-mm. saying like, that's what it feels like. Because it's like, at some point, somebody has to say, okay, this uh, enough is enough. Like, this is not right. This is not okay. What's been going on? Like police officers being able to do that. And, and I, it, for me, I said it from from day one. I believe that a lot of these officers, they need training, and a lot of them, they need, you know, therapy or, or some sort of counseling to help because every officer, like, even though I, I get it, there are good people in every, you know, industry, in every area of society, I get that, but there are also bad people, and we have to weed out the bad from the good. But, okay, let me stop you right there. <laughs> let, let me pause you and stop you right there because I I definitely get where you're coming from. But there's only so much training in the world. At, at, at this point, it feels like there's just a lot of excuses. Like, oh, well, oh, let's just get them more training. Let's just go through this. Let's just do that. And then once we see that, it's like, oh, well, at least they're doing something. No, because now at this well, point, right, and I, and I get that. I, I get that as far as like, like, like and I, I don't mean to cut you off. Well, it, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. But here's the thing. <laughs> and, 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 let me let me just say this. <laughs> when I'm when I'm saying training, I don't mean mm-hmm. that let's just allow this officer to go out and kill somebody else and then give him training. What I mean is is we I, need I to know. give them training, the proper training, before they even go out there or before they even get. Um, possession of a gun before, before they can even get possession of a gun because the truth of the matter is is that there's something clearly wrong but 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 I also understand where you're coming from as well because especially with the, the situation with the military officer who was assaulted that situation absolutely pissed me off because he even stated like he, he if you watch the video and if you watch sort of or read about sort of like the account of it and everything mm-hmm. like that he put okay. his hands out and he said that he was absolutely afraid to get out of the car and the, the verbatim from the article that I read verbatim and from the video, the officer specifically said, you should be. So, there's something that is wrong somewhere. But, but here's the thing. We But we say this all the time. We see this all the time. At this point, especially within the last several years, now that they've it, it's been the thing to try and implement trainings, not just with police departments, but with other departments as well from uh, people and different forces that have been very abusive, whether you want to call them good cop, bad cop, whatever, at some point, this still continues. So telling people like, oh, well, you know, they just need to implement more training. Of course, again, because you want them to be active in some kind of way. You want them to respond in some kind of way that's going to be very helpful. There's only so much training in the world. People, and, and 
and keep, and keep in mind, I'm also speaking from the perspective of being in the military. People can get training all day long, but at the end of the day, if their integrity, Absolutely. if their mindset, if all of that doesn't change along with the training, because at this point, someone can be assaulted in whatever capacity, whether that's just physical, whether that's sexual, whether that's whatever. And at the end of the day, if we're just putting a band-aid on it and saying like, oh, well, they just need training. They don't need to go, like, they don't need this, they don't need that. And of course, that's not just speaking concerning the individual that did whatever, but that's also speaking to the department. Absolutely. There's and I'm only not, so I'm much not, training in the world. At, the at some point, that individual has to I go. absolutely, fully, and totally agree with what you're saying. I know. But then we also have to look at now the justice system. We have to look above them because there are also people. There are also people who have to hold them accountable. Because I feel like a lot of times in these situations, officers are not being held accountable. And the truth of the matter is, is like it, it, it can no longer be this like slap on the hand, like oh you did a bad thing. We're gonna go ahead and just you know give Absolutely. you administrative paid leave and all this other crap. Absolutely not. Somebody needs to be made an example of. Somebody needs to not only just lose their job, but they need to also be put in prison as well and given a harsh sentence that justifies the crime that they committed. And that should be an example made to all the other cops to let them know if this is what continues to happen this is what's going to be done well this kind of recession could definitely continue forever because if you go after Absolutely. the cops you have to go after the overall justice system you have to go after the judges you have to go after all of them because when you look at the prison pipeline and i know i'm not saying that correctly correctly um mm-hmm. but when you look at our prisons and jail system and see how that's set up and how it's mostly people who look yeah. like us that's another huge issue, which is a multi-million dollar, and I'm sure beyond multi-million dollar business right now. And so when you look at all of that combined, at the end of the day, we can definitely agree that exactly. it all needs to change. It all needs to change completely because if no one, and, and I won't even say no one, but if the wrongfully um, charged the wrongfully assaulted, the wrongfully whoever, um, if they're shooters, if they're assaulters, if those who have done them wrong are not having to um, pay for what they've done in whatever capacity that looks like outside of just letting them walk off and go home or giving an excuse for them, you can clearly see something's wrong with that and that needs to change. And so we can definitely agree on that. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's been an issue for decades um, now and even mm-hmm. centuries. And it still needs to continue to change. Um, but what we will be uh, moving into next is our recap of the season. Man, like we have talked about so much um, these last five episodes and now we're on our sixth episode of the season and of course we talked about so much but there were definitely some key things that we want to talk about um and you know I, I think these are definitely some interesting moments that have happened um some interesting topics that have um, occurred and that we talked about um they definitely stood out a lot and so um yeah, Let, let's go ahead and start with this insurrection at the Capitol. Hey, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> when I first, <laughs> right, <laughs> when breath. I first saw this, I, I said, first of all, I said, if this were any other group, especially any, you know, sort of minority group, that was planning on doing this and granted there were probably some minorities that were in you know the insurrection at the capitol and everything like that or whatever but mostly who you saw were you know our our counterparts um but what i what i noticed is is that when there, there was a uh, i believe there was a women's march like prior to that or a women's protest or march something like that prior to that they had every single military person lined up every single person to make sure that there was you know things didn't get out of hand things were not chaotic but all of a sudden when there was this insurrection at the capitol there was no military no no police officers nowhere 
And I'm like, where were you when these people were were, were at the Capitol taking pictures and selfies of themselves, especially the ones with the Confederate this, flag? And, where were you then? And then the man, and then the black officer, who was the only one trying to actually protect everyone else, on exactly. the main floor and almost got killed himself. And they allowed that to happen. White officers too that were in the building watching what was happening. Like, literally allowed that to happen. So all that to happen, I'm just like, look, if that does not right. speak volumes at all, that that right there, even though some people of course got arrested like days afterwards, that's still ridiculous. So you kill us and don't exactly. let us go home. But they get to walk free after they tore up everything and even took out some stuff. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Not well. Next, we have the inauguration of number forty-six, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. That was so beautiful, so amazing. Um, it was beautiful to see the uh, <laughs> who I still call my flawless and poses. The Obamas show up and really to show their love and support for them as well. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful <laughs> to see number forty-five out um, and just looking salty. <laughs> um, and you know just to see the love and especially the poet um, I cannot remember her name at the moment um, but the poet that shared such a beautiful poem that spoke volumes from the National Honor Society I thought that was so beautiful and she's the youngest to ever um, you know present a poem in that manner as well uh, so I thought that was absolutely beautiful Um, but yeah I I thought the inauguration was like the, the, the light know at the end of the tunnel it's especially with the insurrection that happened just prior to that but um i think like one of the things that stood out for me during that inauguration speech was when president biden himself stated that disagreement doesn't have to end in disunion and i think that that was so important for him to have said that especially during the time that we're in in america at that time because we were so divided as a country as a nation and so for him to say that and we still are absolutely but i think that that shows like where he stands mentally you know mentally as far as you know a president what he wants and what he stands on you know us coming together as one and not being so divided whereas opposed to five who was very you know divide and conquer i think it was so important for him to say that because it 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 let you know and it wasn't just i don't think that he said that in the sense of you know, disagreeing as far as like who should have been president at that time, but I think it was also just in our everyday lives. You know, we disagree with each other. There should not be this union. You know, we we have the ability to be able to have our own opinions, our own beliefs, our own thought processes, and I think that that's so important, especially because of the fact that we live in America, where we have the ability to be able to have our own voice and everything like that. But that that was what stood out for me. I think we saw so much happen um, during Black History Month as well, um, especially within our school and education system um, that caused a lot of division, especially at a particular school um, where they allowed white students not to participate in Black History Month and then um, decided to change that and include um, learning about Black history as well um, after several complaints. That. kind of speechless to that because we don't have the luxury of always opting out. I know some school districts will allow it but we don't necessarily always have the opportunity to opt our children or opt ourselves out of learning about white history and and what they call American history when we all know Christopher Columbus did not found America I mean it just it, it, it just is and even beyond that and so, and a lot of black history is not even taught in schools. And so, for white students to have the opportunity to opt out of learning about black history when we are the foundation of everything in this world, um, I, I think just, that part though, I, it, it, that that really showed me the level of racism though that was in this country. 
at that point, that showed me the level that we are at. The fact that you would really opt your children out of learning about another ethnicity, another, you know, <laughs> group of people. Like, really? So that, that, that absolutely shocked me. But I think what was even more shocking was when uh, there was a lot of blackouts that were happening in Texas due to, um, I believe it was a storm, right? That that happened, um, and there was a lot of blackouts that happened yeah. in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even had friends who had, uh, you know, were in situations where their lights went out and, you know, they didn't have power for like a couple of days. And so Tim Boyd, who was the mayor of Texas at that time, basically made the statement that he owes, you know, the people nothing um, in regards to, you know, everything that was going on. Um, so there, for for me, it showed that there was a lack of leadership, a lack of good leadership anyway, um, for him to be able to say that because at that point that was his that should have been an opportunity for him to stand up as a you know leader of Texas and say okay hey this is what we're going to do to help out our residents of this state you know uh, we understand that people are you know have their lights out you know. Most likely there was no heat, you know, probably food in the refrigerator went bad because of everything that went on, especially in some houses where there was a blackout for longer periods of time. That should have been his opportunity to stand up and say, okay, you know what, let's go out, help our residents and and put together some sort of strategy or plan, you know, to be able to bring food and to bring, you know, these other necessities to them. But no, he stood up and said, well, I owe you nothing. Um, Thankfully, resigned and his wife was eventually fired yeah I just <laughs> I'm just really over it <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say I'm just I'm just I'm just over it but what I can say is some things that were brought to light and were quite hilarious and sad at the same time was who they call Gorilla Glue Girl um and of course, everyone has their thoughts about what happened. You know, the fact that she used Gorilla Glue um, gel on purpose. Well, not gel, but gl- Gorilla Glue on purpose. And the fact that she started the GoFundMe account, which she gave majority of the funds to, um, you know, the organization that helped her. And just all these different things. Um, and then there were also additional people, um, including a non-person of color who decided to put the glue on their hair anyway and then automatically started to go fund me uh, which yes many people did donate to immediately um there was another guy who uh said you know she was lying it, it wasn't true and he put um gorilla glue around the edges of his cup and put it on his mouth and then had to go to the hospital because it was stuck on his mouth like just seeing um a lot of dumb responses but also you can see sincere responses as well with people who felt bad for her um because that's that's a hard thing like i know for a lot of people and not just women like you know your hair a lot of times can be everything you know it could be a great representation of who you are or just your overall confidence and so um a great confidence factor and so for her um I think in the beginning people thought it was a joke or she did it on purpose but after a while you could see yeah. the sincerity behind her and her story um and how you know she was just really like in pain and really struggling through everything um and yeah i do love the fact that she started her own um or began to sell her own merchandise um i for me looking at that i'm like well i love the fact that she's doing that and she's able to make funds through that versus the GoFundMe. But also learning that she donated the GoFundMe yeah. funds and, and I think was also one of the cool. most amazing things. Yeah. I definitely want to give a shout out to the doctor who helped her sort of, you know, resolve the situation, who is um, African immigrant uh, Dr. Michael Obing, who's also a Harvard Medical School grad. I think that that was awesome. Um, that he was able to sort of come up with a mm-hmm. um, product or, you know, sort of like a, a chemical base that was able to sort of get all of the, the glue out of her hair and get her back to, you know, sort of like baseline where she was before the glue went into her head. So I thought that was amazing. I definitely want to give a shout out to him, especially him being a black surgeon at that. 
Absolutely. And then, of course, we have the drama with the royal family. Um, I still was unable to watch the original um, recording on on network. Um, I thought there was going to be like replays available and things, um, you know, to see on the network and um, other um, networks as well. But um, I have not been able to find anything. I don't know if anyone else knows where that information is. However, there were um, like several videos that you saw on like YouTube or different articles about some key takeaways from the interview. Um, hearing, or I should say reading and seeing certain clips of videos of Megan sharing her story in different places where she was emotionally. Um, you know, even to the point of considering suicide because of what she was experiencing. Again, a woman of color. Um, was definitely interesting um, and hearing Harry's story or a portion of his story as well um, was definitely something that I don't think many of us would have expected. Um, you know, I know some people were saying, you know, from watching the show Bridgerton and all these other things um, that they may have had an idea but didn't know it was that deep um, or that serious, um, especially from who they call the firm. Um, which is an interesting expression for, you know, family and things like that. I think just hearing, seeing and reading about um, different aspects of that interview and their experiences was definitely eye-opening, but also not completely shocking, especially seeing different things that, you know, Princess Diana went through before her passion, yeah. um, I think you know, that we noticed about well. that whole situation was um, sort of the comments um, and the reaction that Pierce Morgan had in regards to that then eventually led to um, and this is something that I eventually found out later on that um, Sharon Osbourne is a host of The Real or excuse me I'm sorry The Talk um, she being in support mm-hmm. of Piers Morgan um, because they are friends dear friends um, and she also sort of yeah. received some sort of backlash from supporting him um, but that whole thing was just I thought that that was like so surprising to me and just his whole reaction. Yeah. I think for some people that have followed him and has followed his reporting and just who he is as a person, I don't think it was that big of a shocker, especially like you've heard certain reporters um, say like, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not really shocking at all, especially with him being a big drama queen about it. Um, as far as Sharon Osbourne, that was a hell of a shocker. Like, what? Um, especially for certain things that she mentioned in her interview and was asking, um, you know, the person she was speaking with to point out moments where she's been racist or where he was. I'm like, the fact that you're asking someone, and this is one thing I absolutely hate, to my core when you ask a black person or black people or black communities in general to educate you on your prejudices or your privilege or your racism absolutely not there are so there there is a plethora of resources available what what you're not going to do is waste my time asking me to educate you now there may be certain moments Outside of that, where, of course, there are definitely educational moments presented where some people you tell when they genuinely just don't know or don't realize it. But at the same time, I have a choice. I can choose not to educate you. I can choose not to waste my time in this moment or I can choose to properly give you the proper information since you're so sincere about it When if you are. You know, again, you know the ones that are sincere. You know the ones that are not, especially if they're close to you or not. Um, but I, I have a choice at the end of the day whether or not I want to spend my black seconds and moments in my black skin to educate you on your privilege, on your racism and what you say you don't know when really, if you really look through your beautiful eyes I almost said blue eyes there, but I ain't got blue eyes but if you look through your, your beautiful eyes you can clearly see and even think of moments if you really take a second and pause think of moments in time where you have either seen yourself or have seen someone else mm-hmm. operate out of a place of, ra- of racism and privilege Absolutely. 
Like you've seen it. Yep. You you have clearly seen it. You just ignored it or you chose to overlook it because again this is this has at some point become your norm. And so that part of the interview really pissed me off because I'm like and no and, and at this point it wasn't even her asking. It was her demanding her to prove how racist she was and how unracist Pierre was. That part just boiled me completely because I'm like, first of all, I have a choice just like you have made a choice every single day to overlook your racism. Your racist thoughts. Your your racist language. Yep. So and and all of your prejudices. Don't forget that either. But there is an investigation that is um currently underway for Sharon Osborne because apparently there were other hosts who are part of the talk in, you know, years past that have also had issues with her and, and certain, you know, concerns uh with this whole situation. So there is an investigation that's going on. Is that invest- is that investigation gonna go anywhere? Probably not. I mean, but <laughs> I mean but okay, so I can appreciate an investigation. I can actually appreciate the investigation. But if there's an investigation, clearly there's some kind of evidence surrounding that, especially if people are willing to talk. But again, I go back to but what's really gonna be done about it? You can investigate all day long. But is there really gonna be something to me, done? An investigation doesn't mean anything. It just really doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. This could be just a way to satisfy certain people and like, oh yeah, there's an investigation and, you know, maybe they're going to find something. They probably already know everything that they need to know. This is just, again, all for show. Absolutely. And the other part of that, too, is think about how much they get paid to talk on talk shows, to talk on reporting shows, and then for those episodes to get replayed and even played on air. They get paid buku money for that. And so for them, I'm sure, especially why it was so easy for Pierre to quit, why it's easy for him to get another job somewhere else because, again, I'm pretty sure he's a child supporter at this point. Um, Don't quote me on that. But he he might be. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he might be. Um, But, like, just think... (laughs) But just think of how much money they get paid and how easy it is just for them to pick up because I'm pretty sure like they're not spending their thousands of dollars like in one day. Like I'm sure you got savings. Especially one thing I know about white people. <laughs> yes, I'm saying this. One thing <laughs> and I said what I said and I'm saying what I'm saying. One thing I know about white people they when I tell you they plan ahead as they get older and they teach their children these things younger now when it comes to black communities we don't always know this right away sometimes we may find out things later we we just are not educated enough um especially when it comes to financial um from a financial perspective i think within the last several years we've become more educated in that but many of us still don't know about that and so i know a lot of white families a lot of white individuals have definitely raised their children or what they learn about these things they definitely set themselves up as they get older and making sure they have a certain amount of money certain things set in place for them to pull from or to have a savings and all these different things but a lot of us in our black communities we don't always have that or think about that but so I'm, I'm sure again for them to be paid buku money to be on air keep in mind they get a lot of white reporters a lot of white people on talk shows get paid way more and it's such a fight for us to get paid even close to what they get paid when you when you think about the conversations that have happened um on different talk shows um or the ones that were willing to talk about it as far as pay rate like it's ridiculous and so there's still such a fight when you think about actresses acting in movies and shows they don't even get paid half of what they're worth compared to a lot of 
um, you know, white actresses and actors. Like, it's ridiculous. And so, again, I'm sure it was nothing for them to speak out. It was nothing for them to walk away because they, it, it, it's just that, that easy. Coming to America is coming to America. <laughs> or what came to America, I should say, <laughs> was coming to America. The sequel, basically, to the original um, Coming to America. Um, I still have not seen it yet. I apologize to everybody. I still have not seen it yet. And I know, and, and here's the funny part. Everybody what? tells me that they have seen it all say the same thing. That the first 15 minutes, for 15 to 20 minutes is sort of slow, but then after that it, it sort of amps up and it gets better. <laughs> you know what? I just I never thought I'd see the day. I could have sworn you saw this movie at least like two weeks after it came out. We need I'm going to speak on behalf of all the listeners we need for you to watch this movie I mean, without any expectations, and enjoy the movie. Everyone has their own opinion about the movie, but even if you have to watch it twice, I know for me, I got it the first time. I love the movie. Once I got past like the first 10, 15 minutes of it, because again, I came in with my own expectation of what the movie should be. But when you just come in and watch the movie with an open mind, like it's an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. And I think for a lot of people, which I've seen certain conversations happen on social media, like, you know, a lot of people are saying the movie was bad, but really you expected this and this and this and this and because you didn't see it. That's where you have the issue. But if you come in to watch the movie, like any movie, really, but especially this one with the open mind and no expectations, like it's an amazing mo- movie. They did a beautiful job. An amazing job. I'm gonna have to watch. And so, I'm yeah, watch, I need to watch this. You already know me. I don't like. I, I typically mm. don't like sequels unless, of course, it's like The Godfather Part Two. That hands down would always be the best sequel. But, <laughs> but I typically don't like sequels, and I typically don't like reboots or like remakes of, of, of things. Where, but I'm gonna I'm go ahead and give it a chance. I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna give it an opportunity. Um, and like you said, I'm not gonna go into it with any sort of expectations. So I will watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shifting gears, uh, we're actually going to go into our hard truths. And again, this is a segment that we do each episode. Um, and just like every other episode, we're going to go right into it um, to finish off this season finale. Um, so today, I'm going to talk to you about change. And again, the reason why we do these hard truths is because we feel like truth is the only thing that's going to really be able to like help people to really change and progress and move forward in life and we know that change or we know that truth rather is something that's not always easy to sort of like swallow or take but it's necessary in order to get you to where it is that you need to go so again i'm going to be talking to you today about change um and the reason why i want to talk to you about change is because i think that a lot of times when you know, change does happen in our life. It can become very scary. It can become very uncomfortable. Um, it's something that's not necessarily, you know, it, it can cause us to go from a familiar place to an unfamiliar place. And a lot of times when that does happen, because we as, you know, creatures of habit, we then initially sort of like resist that change. We want to resist. We want to fight that change. But the truth of the matter is, is that we have to learn how to adjust. We have to learn how to adapt to change. You know, so when things happen, you know, don't fight it. Just learn how to adjust. Learn how to adapt to the new surroundings. Again, earlier in the episode, we were talking about, you know, evolving and, you know, animals and how they have survived over the years. It's because they learn how to adapt and adjust to their surroundings. And we as people, we have to do the exact same thing. That's how we survive. That's how we continue on. That's how we progress. Um, And so when situations come in your life, it's not meant to kill you. It's not meant to deter you. It's not meant to bring you down. It's only meant to really challenge you and push you. So when change does happen, you just learn how to adjust with it. You know, no matter what the situation is, if it's, you know, you have a job today and then you don't have a job tomorrow, you adjust, you know. Now, obviously, it's not an easy thing going from having, you know, income that is guaranteed to, 
not having income that's guaranteed and not knowing where you know that next check is going to be coming from but at the end of the day once you learn how to adjust when change happens in the future it'll become a lot easier to just adjust and you know adapt yourself to like the new surroundings into the new place so if you were to move to like china or if you were to move to like any other country in the world you would just learn the new language you know you would learn how you know what the culture is you know how people do things over there and that's your way to adjust and to adapt and so especially when you're going to like new levels not to go too deep into this but you learn how to adjust at that new place that you're at you know so that's my advice to you all today learn how to adapt and to adjust to change that happens in your life and not always fight and resist it so nicole what is your uh, hard truth no, I think that's really, really good. Um, one thing I do want to talk about from my hard truth is you have the right to change your mind. Um, I think a lot of times we get stuck in this place of loyalty. We get stuck in this place of, um, you know, you may have said one thing, um, you may have announced one thing, and now you feel like you have to continue to um, go with that original thought um, when at the end of the day you still have a choice, you still have options. Now, I'm not saying up and doing things just because um or just because you feel the need to do it but i am talking about using wisdom um and at the end of the day you do have the right to change your mind whatever the circumstance no matter what's happening um no matter where you are um no matter who you are with you have the right to change your mind um and i think sometimes there's so much pressure that comes with that um depending on the circumstance depending on the situation depending on um where you at where you Depending on where you are um, and what's happening, um, at the end of the day, you have the right to change your mind. And I also think it's important to talk about this because it is um, a month where we focus on um, Denim Day as well. Um, and for those who don't know the backstory to Denim Day, I would definitely um, uh, encourage you to go and look it up. Um, long story short, there was an individual who was... Um, uh, getting a ride, I believe she was um, in a taxi or her Uber at the time overseas, and um, she was actually uh, sexually, excuse me, sexually assaulted by this driver. And uh, the court really um, just released the case um, and closed the case because they tried to say that she had to have helped due to her pants being so tight, um, helping him um, do the assault. So. Um, at the end of the day, you have the right to change your mind, no matter what the situation is, no matter what's happening, um, no matter what you may have decided before and, you know, you decide, okay, I don't want to go with this or I don't want to do this or I want to make this better. Um, it's, it's okay. It's absolutely okay. Um, and so, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that, but simply put, you have the right to change your mind and it's not okay to be pressured into um, continuing to stay in one thing and doing one thing when you know you want to move in, 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 in a different direction. And, and it's okay to voice that. It's okay to communicate that um, and to set boundaries around that. You know, um, I think boundaries, again, you know, we've talked about it before, but boundaries is definitely a big and important thing as well. Not everybody likes boundaries. Not everybody respects boundaries. And so it's okay to um, remind people of those boundaries as well or remind individuals in whatever um, stance that may be, whether it's professional, personal, whatever. It's okay to um, speak up about those boundaries again. And once it has, um, you see um, it not being respected or even abused at that point, um, it's okay. Um, that's my heart truth. All right. So, of course, we always have our last segment, which is purpose. Purpose, we definitely take the opportunity to um, share our thoughts and just encourage others um, around the subject of purpose. So, Devon, what's your purpose statement for today? Um, so, my purpose statement for today is uh, being more future-oriented or being more vision-oriented. Um, and this was something that came to me a while ago, you know, when I was thinking about my business and how I can help my clients and everything like that. But I think when you are, you know, in, operating in purpose, you have to really be sort of 
vision oriented and very future oriented, meaning that, you know, when you are doing things, you can't do things for necessarily the now, but you have to be, you know, in a position where you are thinking about, okay, what is my future going to look like? What is, you know, for example, when you are thinking about business, you know, entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs, they're not really thinking, you know, weeks ahead they're thinking months ahead what their business is going to look like sometimes even years ahead what their business is going to look like because they have to going back to what i was talking about early with change you know they have to pivot and they have to learn how to adjust and adapt and all these other things so they're really thinking about ahead you know how their business is going to change you know and what things that they need to do in order to get their business from you know where it is to where you know it could be you know um you know and as a visionary that's you know sort of like the thing that i'm always thinking about not necessarily you know what is my business like right now but like what it could be the potential of the business and i think that we all sort of need to take on that mindset of being more future oriented being more you know vision oriented and it doesn't even necessarily have to be relegated to just business but it can also be you know you also have to think about yourself as well you know where am i going to be five years from now where am i going to be you know weeks from now and everything like that or whatever so it's like you have to really start and i think once you start to sort of take on that mentality you really begin to start sort of sewing into yourself and imparting into your own self you know at that point to like really grow really mature really change you know mentally emotionally and you know all these other different ways or whatever but i think once you really sort of begin to take on that mentality i think you'll be better off um than just focusing on sort of like the now you know and yes you want to be present you want to be in the moment and everything like that and you don't want to be so you know future oriented that you know you forget about the moments now you know and, and and sort of you know hanging out with family hanging out with friends and all that other stuff or whatever but at the end of the day you want to also focus okay i am going somewhere you know i'm not gonna always be in this place that i'm in right now so you have to be vision and future oriented and know how do i make that move from where i am to where i want to be or where i could be so nicole what is your purpose statement my purpose statement really <laughs> it's kind of weird to say but it's plants one thing about me anyone who knows me knows that i love plants but most plants that i've had have died like <laughs> like I, I don't know if it's just due to the lack of sunlight or just whatever but i have a lot of um artificial plants in my house um because i've been so afraid to get plants and for me plants are so inspirational because they really remind me of growth and remind me of maturing and i feel like there's so many lessons in having plants and looking after plants whether artificial whether real but especially the real ones right and so i remember calling my mom about two weeks ago and i was like hey mom i'm about to be a mom and she was like what what do you mean I'm like, I'm about to be a mom. Like, I'm about to become a plant mom. And my mom, she absolutely loves plants. And so she's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and, um, like, for me, like, I definitely plan to get, like, LED lights and get plants that can be under LED lights. Because for me, like, I, I just love looking at them. I love watching them. And I feel like there are so many lessons that we can learn, like, from patients to um sprouting to just so many different things that plants teaches us and so my purpose statement for today is it's okay to be planted it's okay to grow like plants um it's okay to um use the wisdom that many plants give us if we like really watch them and look at them and even watch them sprout and become fruitful like i think it, it's such an amazing process um that plants get to have in growing um you know starting from the seeds starting from the roots starting from sprouting starting to you know grow in different phases and capacities that they have i think it's just so amazing um and so beautiful um and so yeah i, I would encourage anyone i know this is so simple and un unexpected but i would encourage anyone to like either go purchase a plant, go near a plant, or even you know, watch a YouTube video 
um regarding plants or even an instagram video on plants and plant growth and you know plant care and how to take care of plants and all of that because i think it really will teach us so much and it's already taught me a lot as well and i haven't even gotten my my actual real plants yet um but just studying and seeing plants throughout the years and just their growth processes and um just a lot of what it teaches us and can continue to teach us i think it's absolutely beautiful so um i think it's important to be like a plant um use the wisdom <laughs> um of the plants as well and um yeah just embrace that really embrace that and that can look differently for everyone you know people can see that from different perspectives but for me i i'm learning to use utilize the wisdom that plants have so that's my purpose statement awesome i absolutely agree with that look i'm gonna take that for myself yeah. well guys that is the end of season two which is so bananas so crazy and i even think this is the first episode where we actually got into it just a little bit (laughs) um and and disagree just a little bit but you know at the end of the day you know everybody has their own opinion um and we're still able to come back together and you know continue to move forward so i think that's absolutely amazing um for those that don't know you can definitely check out our website www.relationallyawkward.com there you can find out more about who we are our podcast who we are individually different things that we have going on you can also follow us on social media as well and just stay connected uh we definitely look forward to coming back in a couple of months and um yeah definitely talking more about some amazing topics and we might have some new segments for y'all you never know you know, we definitely have some graphics in the works and just some different things. So we're definitely excited to come back for season three. Absolutely. I can't wait. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys. See ya. <laughs>